Today, the Senate passes the $700 billion Inflation Reduction Act. Nancy Pelosi claims a personal connection to China. And the White House condemns Indiana's new abortion law. And it's all coming up right now. Hey there, welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez while she enjoys some much deserved time off. So thanks for hanging in there with us. We've got an amazing show for you today. I get to reunite because I filled in uh, way back last year when Sarah had her baby. So I get to be reunited with Mr. Eric July. Hey, Good hey. to see you again. Good to see you as well. Good to see you. You are the owner and founder of Ripverse Comics, which is, is doing me. incredibly well. Thank you. Thank and you're you. also someone with a lot of thoughts on the new Batgirl. <laughs> yeah, right? I've, I've had certainly my thoughts on that <laughs> dog water. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So I wish it would come out. out. Uh, uh, well, I wish it would come out <laughs> so I could see how I make a lot of money off of content based upon that movie if it came out. Yeah. So go go for it, DC, please. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm here with Alex Stein, who I am excited to meet for the first time. Blaze TV contributor, host of Conspiracy Castle, and you also are on YouTube everywhere. And very beloved by... A so-called comedian, Kathy Griffin. I am, but I have to be honest. Listen, Hillary, it's an honor to be here with you, but my favorite big booty Latina, Sarah, I miss you. It's not AOC. <laughs> and second of all, we're with the Million Dollar Man. You know, I feel like a little incompetent, you know, oh, being no. the poorest guy in the room. It's a little difficult, but it's an honor. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Hillary. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. You're the only one at the table being stalked by Kathy Griffin. I, I have know. To say, so true. that's a big honor. I true. wish you would make a doll cutting off my head. Please, Kathy, please. <laughs> yeah. All right, so like I mentioned at the top of the show, this is kind kind of the, the big discussion today about the Inflation Reduction Act on the climate and taxes and spending. This is a huge bill. I thought I was a big spender. This, this <laughs> makes me look very small potatoes. So the Democrats in the Senate, they voted along party lines on Sunday to pass the bill. Um, it was brought to a vote after an all-night floor session. They stayed up all night. It's known as a votorama. So let's talk about what is in this thing, because 50 Democrats voted for the bill, 50 Republicans voted against it. Kamala Harris was the tiebreaker. So the $740 billion legislation, it now heads to the House of Representatives. They're going to reconvene at the end of this week to vote on it. Now, the largest portion of the bill, so we'll talk about what's inside of it, it's $369 billion on climate spending. <laughs> Mm. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's office, it claims the spending will cut carbon emissions by 40 percent by 2030. And then they, they have some tax credits in there for if you buy an electric vehicle, new or used. Um, it also contains a 16.4 cents per barrel tax on crude oil and petroleum. And then they also work some health care stuff in there. Uh, the bill purports to lower the cost of prescription drugs for senior citizens by allowing Medicare to negotiate the prices of the drugs that are administered by your doctor's office or your pharmacy. And then in terms of new taxes, we got to talk about that, too. The bill proposes to raise some $258 billion in new revenue by imposing a 15% minimum tax on companies with more than $1 billion in profits and then forcing companies to follow generally accepted accounting principles from reporting income to the IRS. So with all of that in mind, we'll just start with what impact... Start with you, Alex. What impact do you think this is going to have on the economy? Well, it's going to do exactly what they want. It's going to kill the middle class. That's what they want. They don't want any middle class. You know, the people that are struggling the most 
in this day and age are the ones that, you know, they want to tax. If you have $601 in your Venmo account, they had to hire 87,000 new IRS agents to go find that money. So it's a war on the American people. And if they think that they can use money to change the climate, they are dreaming. And all these people that are pushing it, you look at Barack Obama bought a house on Martha's Vineyard. Bill Gates owns, you know, the most real estate in America is not even using that farmland to grow food. And he owns a house right on the ocean. So if they're so worried about climate change, why do they all live in the ocean? It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it's just the, the the way they use like optics and they'll say that its bill is designed to do X and it just goes to show that the American people are very stupid uh, because they support these <laughs> people that I can't use those types of terms over here on Blaze, but they support these jack wagons that then go vote for these particular bills. And it's like, hey, it's like that, remember that anti-lynching bill, right? Wait a minute, mm-hmm. now you got, oh, it's just uh, it's gonna, uh, we're gonna stop somehow inflation, or we need to account for more taxation, and we're gonna change the climate. It's always doing stuff like that. The reason being is the way that they present it. Well, if you say you're against this bill, what, you don't want this? You know, you're against lynching. You're uh, pro-lynching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how they, they kind of word it. And this is, government's been doing this for a very long time because it's not like anybody, re- I don't believe any of them actually read the bill. Their assistants don't actually read a lot of those bills. They don't know uh, front to back how much information is in there, let alone where that money is actually going. So it, it, it sucks because there are a lot of dumb people, naive people that Okay, let's assume that they're not bad actors. They're just people that believe that the government's here to save everybody's life. I think, again, you'd be naive. But even more so, like, these people kind of pry on that emotional kind of reaction. Like, everybody knows there's a problem right now. They pay more at the gas pump. They pay more at the grocery store. Everybody knows there's a significant issue. So if someone, the government this is, comes in as a savior promising to fix any sort of issue, definitely if they can label the bill like, hey, this is what it does, Mm -hmm. even though we know it's not going to do that, well, it's certainly more likely um, uh, to pass because the guys that vote for those bills care far more about the optics of it as opposed to what does the bill actually do. Yeah, and one thing I want to say, you know, inflation during a recession is called a stagflation. And the, the worst way to fix that is by taxing citizens even more. So makes no sense. Right. Well, the White House definitely is trying to do a little victory lap with this. And they <laughs> even put out a tweet. We've got a clip of it because they really wanted to know that they're trying to be, like you said, Eric, the savior of our economy. So let's take a look. So it says, this is the most aggressive action in history. It will position America to achieve President Biden's climate goals. Talks about lowering the prescription drug costs, cutting premiums for millions more, all while making our tax system more fair and reducing the deficit. This looks like a Saturday Night Live skit. (laughs) I guess it's like a parody. (laughs) That was pretty bad. I mean... but this is all they can do, right? I mean, this is all they can do is try and spin it and, and convince us that, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's, the, it's like think about that. The government, how the hell are they going to stop inflation by taxing people more? Right. Like yeah. anybody that knows anything about the financial system, uh, the Federal Reserve, or how, the Treasury, how money actually works, knows that that doesn't make any sense. Like you can't even like connect certainly uh, the two. If anything, you look at inflation, it does act certainly as a tax uh, more than every. It's actually one of the more egregious version of that but that's the government and its authorization of the federal reserve 
making this an issue, and then they come through and say, okay, we're gonna throw more money at it, we're gonna steal more money from people, we're gonna throw more money at it, and it's gonna fix the problem. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It never fixes the problem. No, it never, it, no, we're giving you more money like the government right now, and they acknowledge that by acknowledging the deficit, you understand that they spend money that they know that they're not mm -hmm. gonna get. Like, they go into the fiscal year voting on bills, and they will account for a deficit, which is difficult to guess, but they're literally accounting for it. They're saying, hey, we're gonna spend this money that we, we don't even, we, we know we're not gonna get. Yet they spend it anyway. So why on earth am I giving are, are more people, and I say this as a guy you mentioned kind of off the air, entering into a new tax bracket <laughs> that is gonna be uh, taxed far more, why on earth would I be punished when the spending effort is the problem, think about all the money that I'm about to have to give the government this year right. that I could have used to expand my business, which means more people get jobs, well-paying jobs. I pay these guys very well. And instead of being able to do that, I got to give it to these idiots who pass bills that don't even fix these sort of issues, which can be said for a lot of governmental problems. If they actually want to fix it, it would, I guess they would pass a bill. Let's pass a bill to get them out of office. Or, and abolish their position. That's how you fix uh, inflation. <laughs> well, well, this isn't going to be a popular conservative talking point, but I do think we should have some sort of form of socialized medicine because if you look at the cost of insulin in America compared to Mexico, it's $7 in Mexico and $170 here. So listen, I want less government involved, but they can give a vaccine for free to 350 million people. Why don't we actually regulate the businesses that have a monopoly, mm -hmm. like the healthcare business, you know? So if the government is going to step in, they step in and they only make things worse. They don't step in to actually fix it. So needing $700 billion to, you know, lower medicine, yada, they could have done that in a different bill. So what they do is they try to use a Trojan horse and say, oh, we're going to help medicine prices. Y'all could have done that already. Y'all are hiding it in a climate change bill that you're going to use fossil fuels to charge these electric vehicles. So it's all very redundant. It doesn't make sense. And anybody actually paying attention realizes that this is going to be a huge waste. I agree. There was a, a, a poll and only 12 percent of Americans believe that the Inflation Reduction Act will actually reduce inflation. So I yeah. think some people are awake here. Uh, it was a YouGov poll that was released last week. The survey asked nearly 1,500 Americans uh, between July 30th and August 2nd about their thoughts on this new spending package. They said, do you think this bill will increase or decrease inflation? More than one-third of the respondents, 36%, said it will increase inflation. Only 12% said they think it will decrease it. And then another 23 said inflation won't change. 29% they weren't really sure. And all of all, just all over the place. And just I know I, I go on these anti-democratic rants like every time I do this show. But it's true because you get that wide range of where people are just completely oblivious to what the actual problem is. But unfortunately, their vote matters as much as the next person who may be actually uh, in a note. This is democracy in itself is one of the dangerous forms of government. And we see that actually right now. People would say, well, we're not a democracy. Effectively, that's exactly what it is that we are because you get to vote for representatives who don't know left from right. And then they go and then uh, get themselves go vote for bills that, you know, this whole oh, that representative government, like what? How, who in the hell in government is representing me? Well, what the person that lives next to me? What because I'm because I'm in that that doesn't even make sense. We just say these things and accept them as if they're a reality. When when you break them down fundamentally, they don't make any sense. I think we're not in a democracy. We're in a kleptocracy right now. I mean, they're taking from the middle class and giving to the poor. And that's the other thing is now you look at our immigration issue, the people coming across the border. I'm not against helping people that need help, but. 
they're flooding our border. We don't even have the resources. The people that are going to Washington, D.C., they're you know, declaring a federal emergency. So they need to actually help the American people instead of just helping the random people that cross our border constantly. So. Well, and really quickly, before we go to break, I just want to talk about Bernie Sanders for a second. I know we don't hear about him quite as much anymore, but he, so he voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, but then he came out after the vote mm-hmm. and had some choice words about it. So let's take a listen. I want to take a moment to say a few words about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that we are debating uh, this evening. And I say so-called, by the way, because according to the CBO and other economic organizations who have studied this bill, it will, in fact, have a minimal impact on inflation. So then why did you vote for it? I don't understand. It's part of that all this other socialist bullcrap in there. It's party politics, too, you know. Gosh, I feel like there are so many other ways to affect climate change, if that's his end goal, than to vote for something that's going to make the economy overall worse for everyone. Uh, He's been a fraud. I mean, you talk about inflationary issues. Ironically, he should be tied to a lot of those problems. There was an audit of Fed bill that he initially co-sponsored, actually, with Ron Paul, that he did not necessarily co-sponsored, but he supported it. And then he went back on that, I guess, as Democrat. Democrats, uh, Democratic colleagues kind of pulled him aside, say you can't be doing that. Bernie Sanders does not give a damn about f- fixing inflation in this country. Never yeah, has. he's a limousine liberal, has multiple houses. So, you know, he, he tries <laughs> to act like he's for, you know, the, the middle class. He's not. And uh, once again, it just kind of proves it where he votes for something and it shows the hypocrisy of all of our politicians. After he votes for it, he tries to, you know, trash it. Mm-hmm. You're a hypocrite, Bernie. Just, you know, stand up. It wouldn't have got passed if you would have said no. True. Now, do you guys think this is going to help the Republicans in the midterms? Yes or no? It's hard to say because, I mean, yeah, they all voted against it. And I do think that from the I can't say about the actual politicians, but I do feel like there's some sort of uh, I'm not going to call it an awakening. But people are seeing stuff a lot more than what it what they saw it for, I guess, let's say two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what scares me is the abolishment of Roe versus Wade that did awaken a lot of people that aren't paying attention. So I do think the midterms will swing in our you know favor. But, you know, that kind of woke up a sleeping giant, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be too close to call. Who knows? All right. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about a, a top Taiwan defense official who was in charge of missile production was found dead in a hotel room. We want to tell you all about it. So stick around. You don't want to miss it. top Taiwanese defense official. He was in charge of the missile production and they were really ramping it up. He was found dead in a hotel room in a southern part of the country. Ao Ying Sing, deputy head of Taiwan's Defense Ministry's Research and Development Unit, he was found dead Saturday morning, according to state media. Now, he he was visiting, he was on that trip, so he was visiting uh, the area of Pingtung when he died. They're saying he officially died of a heart attack they said that he'd had a history of heart problems. But the institute he was overseeing, they were doubling its production of missiles to 500 per year as they prepared for the possible invasion of China. So comes right after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan and China said, hey, you send her there, expect some backlash. What do you guys think? <laughs> no foul play. China would never do anything, right? uh, you know, uh, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> They're 100% honest with everything they do. He just got myocarditis. No big deal. Oh, yeah. right, right. That's all it is. Exactly. You got to watch, watch that, man. Definitely, uh, I don't know how old a guy 
uh, was. But I mean, when you get some official that is of that tier, um, yeah. you, it, people are always are going to be suspicious of stuff. I would say, uh, let's find Hillary Clinton and her whereabouts <laughs> and see if she had anything uh, uh, do with it, because she's a pro professional at people just up and dying mm -hmm. randomly when they're supposed to be doing important things. So do you guys think that Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan could actually be the catalyst for the beginning of an of all-out war? Well, I mean, if I have to answer this, the only reason I don't think we get in a war with China is because they depend on us and we depend on their economy. So it's like it almost would be kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, I think, for both countries. But at the same time, uh, China's been poisoning our country with the cheap fentanyl that's coming through our border. They're one of the biggest producers of that. And you see there's been 108,000 overdose deaths the past year. So I don't think China actually cares about America. I think they care about our culture. They have, I think, like 8,500 KFCs in China, I believe. So they love American stuff, but I don't think they love American people. So a war with China is a proposition that I do not want to get into, but I, I don't think they want to get into it either. Yeah, and to echo that, I agree with that 100%. I also think that China's economic power, I've said this and it's been controversial, but I would encourage people to look into it, is largely overstated. Uh, we hear this, we've been hearing this for a very long time, actually, about China, 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 and they do that. And I'm not, it's not to say that you see someone that's a global power like that, and definitely as they uh, deal with other countries, like they don't have any any sort of power but this to the to the degree that i think that they would do something like that which would like you said would really sh forget about us what about them mm -hmm. and the uh, economic uh, hardships that, that that would bring they would bring upon themselves uh by doing that a lot of their economy in itself right now is smoke and mirrors anyway mm -hmm. uh to be fair a lot of america's uh yeah. is but china's is uh, as well so i don't see something like that that happening, but you know, it, every election cycle, it's an easy boogie. Almost, it's hard to call them a boogeyman because they are a thing and you can consider them a threat. But I would make the argument that there's people right here that we should far more be emphasizing that are a threat to this country. And a lot of them, if not all of them, are in powerful positions within our government mm -hmm. for me to be prioritizing people that are way across the on the other side of the country. And I want to say world. I yeah. want to say this too. Vladimir Zelensky recently messed with Xi Jinping asking for China to help them build up Ukraine. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, yeah. oh my gosh, this geopolitical nightmare. Now they're going to get involved in the Ukrainian conflict. So we're going to be on the same side as China helping out Ukraine. It's just, come on. Well, yeah. you know, Nancy being the sweetheart that she is, mm -hmm. she didn't want to hurt China's feelings when she went to visit Taiwan. So she had some very heartfelt <laughs> things that she oh, said yeah. <laughs> about her close connection to China. So let's take a listen. When I was a little girl, I was told at the beach, if I dug a hole deep enough, we would reach China. So we've always felt a con connection there. That didn't make any damn sense. And she's she's 80 something years old, just kind of doing what Nancy does, rambling about whatever the hell she's rambling about. That made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but that's what they tell little kids. Oh, if you dig, you can reach China. But I, I don't what know. What connection? Though? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think she's 82. I think she's like 282. I, you know, I don't know if that. She's probably a vampire at this point. I mean, I don't know how she. Uh, so, yeah, anything she says is probably a little vodka laced. That's what they say. You know, uh, we don't know that's for a fact, but. I'm sure she probably had one or two happy hour drinks. and then <laughs> Yes, just started she and her rambling. husband. Her mm -hmm. husband enjoys a, a cocktail now and of again. Of course. Right? And they won't give us a body cam footage. That's what I want from the Paul Pelosi yeah. DWI. But none of that really matters. Nancy, Nancy is, she sold out her country for gain. You know, she's personally, I think, worth, you know, nearly $200 million. So 
she, she doesn't really care about the American people. She just wants to enrich herself. Well, some of these statements, too, I mean, they, they do tend to make her seem a little senile. Or, you know, let's say mm -hmm. someone else maybe on the right, a conservative, had made the same statement. They would have been called a racist immediately, oh, don't you yeah. think? I mean, it, this, True. But people just kind of glossed over this like it was no big deal. But it kind of begs the question, do we need a lot younger blood in office? I don't know Nancy's if it helps. been there forever, and Bernie, and Biden. But that's the problem. Like, it, it's like... I don't, I don't necessarily think that that fixes it, but yeah, the fact that there is a system as such where people can go into it and you got this idea that they serve or protect, they go into it probably having almost nothing and come out on the other side being worth hundreds of millions of dollars, something is fundamentally wrong with mm -hmm. that. Yeah, well, I just heard 32-year-old uh, AOC is actually, her net worth is now $29 million. Like, That's, that makes no sense. Makes no, she was a bartender in Union Square wow. five years ago, so... Something's that's, weird. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about Indiana because they have become the first state to approve near total abortion ban. And a lot of people are excited and a lot of people are up in arms. So stick around. We're going to talk about that next. So Indiana's Republican Governor Eric Holcomb, he signed a bill Friday night banning abortion in the state except for in cases involving rape, incest, danger to the life of the mother, or lethal fetal anomalies. And it's the first state to pass a bill like this following the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center to return the abortion issue back to the states. And the ban in Indiana, it's going to take effect September 15th of this year. It also takes away licenses from abortion clinics in the state. So once the bill takes effect, the abortions will only be performed in hospitals or outpatient centers owned by hospitals. And it also puts some strict limits on when the abortions may be performed. And it mandates that abortions, even in the cases of rape or incest, they can only be performed within the first 10 weeks of the pregnancy. So I'll, there's a lot more to talk about there. But what are your thoughts on this so far? I mean, that's what they said they they wanted, right? The mm -hmm. people that were so pro-abortion, they, they said they wanted the exception for, or that would be the number one talking point. Certainly when I argue with these crackheads is, well, what about so-and-so that got raped or incest? And even though that does not represent a significant portion of the uh, abortions that are happening, they always pointed to that. Mm -hmm. So they got what it is they want, wanted, you got that exception, so what's what's the problem? I'd ask them. Yeah, well, I'm sick and tired of the left saying it's a clump of cells. I mean, we know what's growing inside of them. They say, oh, it's a fetus. That's a baby. So we need to protect these babies that can't protect themselves. So mm -hmm. I'm obviously very staunch anti-abortion, but these people that are pro-choice, even the pro-choice people, they believe there should be a limit. It should be after a certain amount of time, you shouldn't be able to get an abortion. Yet these politicians in these other liberal states literally want abortion up to nine months. So I think the only way we combat that are states like this that shut it down as soon as possible because listen those babies are human beings and i understand these people like elizabeth warren oh pregnancy crisis centers are terrible there is somebody that will adopt that baby that will take care of that baby so we need more babies there's no excuse other than rape or incest to even have an abortion in my opinion so i think this they nailed it well it's interesting because of course 
the White House just wasted no time in mm -hmm. giving their thoughts on it right after the bill was signed on Friday. They condemned the legislation, obviously. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre called Indiana's ban another radical step taken by Republican lawmakers to curb women's constitutionally protected right to abortion and put health care decisions in the hands of politicians rather than physicians. She reiterated Joe Biden, our president is dedicated to protecting women's reproductive rights and until Congress acts, will be taking action. So she said yesterday's vote, which institutes a near total abortion ban in Indiana, should be a signal to Americans across the country to make their voices heard. Congress should also act immediately to pass a law restoring the protections of Roe, the only way to secure a woman's right to choose nationally. Let me tell you about protection. It's called a condom. It's called birth control. <laughs> That's the only protection they need to use. Not killing a baby because you got horny one night and made a huge mistake. Seriously, it's like yeah. there are precautions you can take mm -hmm. to make sure you don't get pregnant. So, yeah. There's no shortage of, uh, I mean, science in, in general has gotten very, very impressive. Hell, when uh, that Roe... Thing happened. There was stuff that contraceptive, all kinds of stuff. I didn't even know it was a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's how. The, look, if you you can easily avoid uh, being pregnant, doesn't matter what uh, what the case is. So for people to immediately jump and act as if the abortion is the default, like that's just mm -hmm. something people just trip fall. Sometimes you get pregnant and then you just have an abortion, you know, it's just a thing that happens. Like, no, that, that's not how it happens. Uh, you are dealing with a human human being and you can't avoid that. You just chose not to. And I guess that's from from even a libertarian perspective, why I have such an issue with how this discussion happens. And it's because like they act like responsibility or rather accountability is not a thing. Like they just completely throw that out the window when uh, dealing with this conversation. But it's really what they want. You talk about aborting, they're trying to abort responsibility for a decision that they made. Like I say, it takes a literal positive action to get pregnant, right? Unless those exceptions, as you mentioned, uh, the case of rape happened. But aside from that, it's you've entered into something voluntarily and you know how the human body works. You know, when men get I don't need to explain the birds and bees to you. You knew that. And then it happens. And then they act like, well, I don't need to have any sort of responsibility with it. And in fact, they hide behind autonomy as if that's the case. Like, no, your, your autonomy was exercised when you entered into a voluntary exchange had sex and then got pregnant. That's where your autonomy was. And the worst part is like when you go to these abortion rallies, the pro-choice rallies, it's the culture behind it. I remember when I was young in college, I knew girls that had abortions and it ruined their lives. You know, it's this huge dark cloud. But now there's literally girls making TikTok videos. Yeah. I mean, these are young people celebrating abortion. This should not be something that's you celebrate. Even if you have to get an abortion, true. it's not something to be proud of. It's something that you don't even tell anybody except for your closest family. But now they've changed the whole culture where they say, Abortion is health care. Well, what about the baby's health care? Yeah. They don't take that into effect. So it's not health care, it's murder. Well, and, you know, I think you guys bring up a good point because you can get contraception for free <laughs> in virtually every city in the country if you want it or need it. So there really isn't any excuse to not have that on hand if that's the choice that you're going to make. If you're, if you're going to have sex and you're not prepared to have a baby, then you can get contraception for free. But I, I think this is really interesting because I, it's hard to, to figure out how the left can justify opposing states' rights while claiming to support democracy. Oh, well, they don't care about being hypocrites. Like, states' rights, only when it benefits their cause, they'll be for it 100%. If not, 
then they want to, of course, the uh, federal government to come in, do whatever. And they know that. See, the, the left, including on this conversation, they play to win. They don't play to be righteous. They don't play to be just. They don't play to be consistent on any issue. They don't mind being a hypocrite on an issue. Like imagine a leftist of all people using terms like bodily autonomy. Right. Considering what the hell we just went through over the last couple of years. That tells you in itself, they don't care. They let that appeal. That's why I don't appeal. I've always made fun of them. And uh, because that's really the only way you can maybe get them out of that position. You can't reason that emotional brainlet out of that position. It's impossible. So you have to approach it that way. No, you nailed it. When you ask them, my body, my choice, they go, of course, of course, my body, my choice. But what about vaccine mandates? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, they should be mandated. Yeah. So, I mean. They're so hypocritical and they're not afraid to cheat. So it's like the left, you know, they are really playing for keeps. And, and, and there's a saying, it's like the ends justify the means of these people. So they don't matter. It doesn't matter to them how they get there. True. So that's the different game they play than with the, I would say, more moral conservative side. I just always find it. I find it disgusting that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi claim to be devout Catholics yeah. also mm -hmm. and have the stance that they have on abortion mm. because there's just no way to, to marry those two together, right? Well, they're fake. I mean, yeah. they're not really Catholic or yeah. they say they're Catholic, but they don't really believe in what they say they are because I think it's in the Cardinal in San Francisco stopped giving communion to uh, Nancy Pelosi. So that guy is awesome. Nancy Pelosi, not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I agree uh, with Nancy Pelosi not being uh, awesome, but that's how demons operate. I mean, maybe that's even too nice of a term for those types of people. And that's the difficult thing and the question that we have to kind of provide an answer to is how do you combat that type of person? Mm -hmm. That type of person that's so willing to be diametrically opposed to even themselves, if, it, yeah. if it's advantageous yes. uh, to them and that cause on that given day. A lot of the appeal to consistency works on folks like ourselves, folks that may be in the middle on particular issues um, and may be uncertain. But for those people that are like staunch, like authoritarian leftists, they do not care. Even on the on the stuff that we saw, for example, with the covid situation where you had even people that worked in the hospital or, uh, industry. Uh, and remember, they told you if you went to like, let's say, a rally or something, you were going to kill grandmas. And then that uh, some of love happened uh, after the George Floyd mm -hmm. thing. And they were just all bunched together and it was OK. In fact, it wasn't even just that. They came outside and were rooting them on the same people that mm -hmm. told you if you didn't have a face diaper on or you were around other people, you were going to like kill grandma. Yeah. Lori that, Lightfoot was out there like yeah. really like part of everything that was going like, on. And hell, they still for a lot uh, in some cases had rules. In terms of what you could do, like in going to other <laughs> establishments while all those massive groups of people were marching up and down this yes. country. And they don't realize that's more children that they can transition or get on hormone therapy. So they should be cheering the birth of more kids so they can transition more kids. <laughs> well, that's, is that the appeal that we yeah, need to that's make? What they should make. <laughs> Guys, if more kids are alive, you can transition them. You have more teachers that can talk and about their gay and cruises that, with and them. And that'll turn them to <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, oh, anti-abortion. Yeah. Yeah, let's have more kids. We can sexualize more kids. There's more kids are drag queen for story time. Yay. <laughs> well, and now that we can get men pregnant, it's really oh, made yeah. things hard on women, for Honestly, sure, because yeah, it's been can happen. Okay, really quickly, what kind of actions do you think that the White House or Congress are going to take against states like Indiana so they can circumvent what they're trying to do? It's hard to say. I mean, it is. Uh, what can they do? Definitely with what happened with Roe, I think maybe it's a lot of just posturing uh, to try mm. to 
get their base to calm down because yeah the other guys are gonna be like hey 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 you need to you need to do something this is not righteous and they're just kind of saying like yeah we're gonna do something and maybe they won't do anything yeah, yeah sometimes the threat is more scary than the action so they can kind of threaten these states that they're gonna do something and maybe scare them to capitulate but i don't think they really have that much power to stop it now that uh you know clarence thomas uh did his job and got rid of roe versus wade oh, shout out clarence thomas all right we've got to go to break when we come back we're going to be talking about a lot of people's favorite guy right now ron DeSantis. stick with us not trump's favorite just a lot of people <laughs> not if no i love him i really like him Andrew Warren, who was suspended by Governor Ron DeSantis, he's been quoting the Bible. He's gotten very religious recently, apparently. So, like I said, his name is Andrew Warren. He's the Florida State attorney that was suspended by Ron DeSantis. He was quoting a passage of the Bible in March of 2020 to justify his support for charging a pastor who held church services during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we have a clip. Take a listen. Are parishioners at risk in a time of an emergency like this is not only reckless, but it's illegal. But where people are refusing to obey law enforcement in this regard, you risk being arrested and prosecuted. I'd like to note that I think it's unfortunate that the pastor here is hiding behind the First Amendment. One, it's absolutely clear that emergency orders like this are constitutional and valid. Lastly, I'd remind the good pastor of Mark 1231 which says there's no more important commandment than to love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, Jesus. Loving wow. your neighbors is protecting them, Literally. not jeopardizing their health by exposing them to this deadly virus. Now, I read my Bible regularly. I wouldn't say I'm a Bible scholar, but I read it daily. And I remember there being some things in there about your first allegiance is to God and not to men. I don't know if he skipped over that part or what the deal was there. But anyway, it was him reading a passage from Mark 1231 to justify the arrest warrant that he issued against Pastor Rodney Howard Brown because he held two church services at the uh, out at the river outside mm -hmm. um, at the Tampa Bay County Church. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, that guy's a criminal and he's a very bad person. Let's call him that. That anybody... For someone that just wants to voluntarily, because everybody knows the risk that's associated, worship, and then you try to criminalize them because of that, you are the evil per person in, in this situation, no matter what the what the circumstance is, mm -hmm. when it's something that has definitely voluntarily arrived and he's talking as if it was like, I don't know, COVID was something that it was not. Uh, we knew early on what it was, and yeah, maybe they were so committed to this lie that they needed it to be uh, far more dangerous than what it actually was. This whole "well, love thy neighbor" all, all this stuff, which is, which is correct, but think about what all you deprive people of when they can't even go to church. Like, you want to talk about the mental issues that are generally associated with those people that are trying to uh, get themselves out of their rut and you're going to essentially make it illegal yeah. uh, for them. The fact that these people have been able to present themselves as if they are the good people, the good ones, when they do stuff like that, it's just whew, it's baffling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't care how bad, even if we're in the apocalypse, yeah. you should be able to go to church no matter what. And it's just disgusting for him to say that people are hiding behind their constitutional rights. That's what they want to do. They want to take away your literal constitutional rights. That's why you can't, you don't have freedom of speech on these uh, tech platforms. Like they want to take it away incrementally and they'll use pandemics, they'll use, you know, whatever emergency order they can to take away God because they want your God to be state, they want your God to be science.
So it's not an accident. A guy like this that's backed by George Soros that is uh, letting people have abortions. This guy's evil and he needs to be called out. And DeSantis, that's why he's a champion for taking this guy out. Yeah. You, yeah. What you brought up is exactly right. He got rid of him because he said the prosecutor, he didn't enforce duly passed laws that crack down on child sex change surgeries um, and medications, and then also mm -hmm. certain abortion procedures. But I find it interesting, and I, I think we have another clip, that we aren't seeing gay bar owners being arrested for not closing their businesses <laughs> due to monkeypox, but let's listen to this. Right now, about 98% of the cases are among gay and bisexual men uh, spreading through prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact. So it, it is not something that I think the average person needs to be concerned about contracting, uh, con you know, getting uh, contracting. It's not, uh, it's not easily spread. Uh, there's a theoretical risk that it can be spread through surfaces, but that's not what we're seeing. Um, right now, we're really seeing almost all the spread happening through prolonged skin-to-skin -skin contact. But again, why, if this is being declared a health emergency and a crisis, why are the gay bar owners allowed to keep their businesses open when people were closing their, their restaurants for even less than this, really? During, I mean, a lot of them had outdoor and all sorts of precautions. They'd taken every measure and were still shut down. And it's not a secret as to who it impacts, right? Like, I mean, the, I know it feels like they, they have to now say it for a while. They didn't want to admit it like mm -hmm. that was the case of who, what community that it generally impacted. But now it's like, all right, the data's out there to jig up all right we gotta say it so they say it but you know they, they're not going to present it as if that's what it is because of who it targets per se it then puts a spotlight on let's say that certain demographic upon which they have been catering to uh for for you know a little bit now so imagine that and that shows you that this has nothing to do with science and that the science is so politicized when you have something that is identifiably Impacting that community more than me, 98%, that's a crazy number, by the way, 98% of these cases being uh, gay and bisexual, same thing, uh, uh, whatever, gay men. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, imagine that, and they are too chicken crap to just call it for what it is. Well, they'll shut down your church for COVID, but they do not want to shut down the gay orgy, which, you know what, <laughs> and that's the day and age, and this is a progressive society that we live in. This is literally what they describe as the liberal world order, where they're not going to go after people because they are a protected class, and that protected class is not you and me. So if you're a Christian or Bible believer, they're going to shut you down. But if you want to go to a gay orgy, have fun. Just get your monkeypox vaccine first. I've been shocked by the number of people who were bragging about it on social media. Like I went to the Sorogy and I somehow got monkeypox. It was kind of bizarre to me how many people were admitting, yeah, I do this, or that people fly all over the country for these events and those aren't being shut down because they're obviously very well known and, and advertised in some of those communities. Oh, well, well, this is why I'm not surprised is because people love to be a victim, you know, and they'll literally use their victimhood for clout. So that's why I'm not actually surprised that people are using this yeah. for cloud or TikTok likes or social media uh, cloud. It's just dangerous, man. It's just like on a serious note, like this is obviously happening too. And this is, there were people that I remember would talk about this early on about like who it's impacting. Like, is it like more akin to like an SD, STD? Is it something more akin? Are we about to have another AIDS type of situation? Uh, ironically, Fauci was commenting on this was also part of that debacle uh, back in the gap. Mm -hmm. But when you can't even be honest, when you see that reluctancy uh, from people that claim to be so much about science to just call it for what it is. Yeah, it's not a threat to us. I mean, if, if, yeah. if someone does come, uh, uh, some 
let's say, contracts that, you're going to be asking some rifle questions like, wait a minute, I, I didn't know you were that way, you swing that way, whatever, but, you know, there's going to be some hard conversations being had with some wives out there. Well, remember, though, the party of science says a woman can have a penis, so think about that. I mean, oh, they don't true. even believe in biological science, so, you know, it's very, true. it's just very funny how the science just goes, uh, you know, it doesn't go both ways with these people. Right. Well, I, I think, you know, what this whole story has made me really ask is Andrew Warren, so that's the, the Florida mm -hmm. State Attorney General that DeSantis got rid of. It just makes you wonder how many more DAs have done something similar. How many more out there, you know, made those same kinds of decisions and, and really took a lot of liberties with their power, but weren't discovered and, and still but, have their jobs. And not even just on that. We need to get rid of this idea that just because someone uh, is a prosecutor uh, or someone works with the government as a judge or whatever it is, like they have this sort of like gene that makes them objective. That is simply not true. You can research what happened and who the judge was out of this whole Alex Jones case. And it's yeah. like the fact that that person was able to reside over that is amazing because they checked about every box that you could possibly think of and there was no way that that person was gonna go into that situation objectively. So not just on this, on this other subject, Many of it. These guys are as political as the actual politicians. Well, but this isn't an accident. You look at the district attorneys in liberal states like California, New York, where they have the bail reform, where criminals can commit a crime and get out of jail within 24 hours. These criminals know that. That's why they you know, commit more crime. Their recidivism rates, hard to say that word, is insane in New York. There's people that are rubbing feces on somebody in the subway and getting out within 24 hours. There's a guy, he had 17 prior arrests and stabbed a 23-year-old uh, UCLA grad student in Los Angeles. So... The district attorney is poisoned with people that let people out of jail very easily, and so that just breeds more criminality, and that's one of the biggest poisons of our society today is the leniency on criminals. Yeah, I think this, uh, this prosecutor in particular was saying he was going to expunge a lot of the arrest yeah. records of people who participated in the Black Lives Matter riots and that kind <laughs> of thing. I don't believe that he ever actually did that, but I know that was you know a lot of what he was running on and, and made him very popular with people. And it's just, I mean, like you're saying, it's... <laughs> It's just disgusting how many people really are taking their, their power f way too far. Yeah. All right. We've got one more break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about something that everybody loves to talk about, right? Drag shows for kids and Yay. things. Yeah, yeah I can't wait. <laughs> so come on back. Do you see that with Jimmy Kimmel trolled me, but it wasn't him hosting the show. So I was on like, he was like, oh, Most of us were taught the Pledge of Allegiance mm -hmm. growing up. Well, people are being taught a new one. Take a look. I want to do something a little extra special. So everyone just put your hand in the air and I want you guys to repeat after me. I pledge allegiance to the drag of the United Queers of Iowa. And on this stage, in which we dance. One drag show. Under lights. With love and equality for all. So that was a drag king at a family pride festival in Iowa, leading them through a new version of the Pledge of Allegiance. So 
is this cult-like behavior, having people, you know, repeating after and, and holding their hands up and supporting it? Yes, no? Thoughts? Well, of course. And I think Bill Maher said it best, and obviously he's a leftist, but the amount of people that are having gender reassignment surgery or gender hormone therapy in Los Angeles compared to Cleveland, Ohio, is like a thousand percent more. So I think we have a parental problem for even taking their kids to this event. So a cult problem, when I went to the Drag Your Kids to Pride event, there was actually kids wanting to play their video games, and the parents were taking the video games away and, and saying, watch the kids. So we have a parental problem that is you know, basically transitioning these kids that are going through phases, in my opinion, into making permanent changes into their whole entire life. So it's actually kind of a scary situation, personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that's... It's accurate, let's call it that. Um, I, I certainly believe that there was a... A, a pledge kind of involved uh, with it, regardless, um, that these people kind of share amongst each other. Um, it is uh, statism, it is to whatever social justice kind of odd causes. And I just rather they be upfront sort of like that. And that's exactly what they demand. I talk about this in the entertainment space all the time and that that's exactly what they want. And that is your allegiance. So to all these companies get pimped by these weirdos, that's, that's what right. they want. Gosh, how are kids allowed at these events? That's all I want to know. Why is this okay? It drives me nuts. The okay. parents, they get a lot of clout on social media. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of pats on the back for it, unfortunately. All right. So if people want to find you, follow you, where do they need to go? Twitter, Instagram, AlexDan99. Eric? Just go to Riververse.com. Go get a book. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got to hang out with you guys Thank today. You, I will be back tomorrow. So same time, same place. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.